Well, who are we? Who are you? What is the purpose of humanity? These are important questions which will shape the rest of the way you live your life. And this is, these are the questions that Genesis will answer for us here today. Every society, every person has a different answer to who we are. I asked my son last night as I was giving him a bath who he thought he was. And he said, I'm Eli's friend. And I, that's a pretty good answer. Eli, it's one of his friends. He, he's Eli's friend. But our society has another answer. Our society says, you be you. You are you. I don't know if you've ever heard this. I heard it recently when I went to go see Barbie. Uh, has anyone here seen Barbie? Yep. Yeah, it's good. Some people loved it. Oh, no, we had Esther over here as well. Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. I expected more of Marcus. He should have seen it. But uh, Some people love it. Some people hate it. I think the movie actually asked a lot of hard questions. Uh, and there's a lot to consider there. But it doesn't provide many answers. Uh, but the one answer it does provide is a conversation between Ken and Barbie. Ken's trying to work out who he is without being Barbie's boyfriend. And Barbie gives Ken the answer. The conversation goes like this. Ken says, I just don't know who I am without you. Barbie says, you're Ken. But Ken says, but it's Barbie and Ken. There's no just Ken. And Barbie says, maybe it's time to discover who Ken is. So who is Ken? Ken is Ken. And who are you? You are you. That's the tagline of our world today. That's what we believe. And at first, the idea of you be you sounds great. Pure freedom. You can do whatever you want. However, you quickly realize that the supposed freedom is actually slavery. Because you're left struggling trying to find yourself. And you might try to find yourself in your career or in your activities or in your relationships. And that might work for today, but then tomorrow you might lose your job or you might fall sick. You might experience the effects of aging or your relationships might break down. And here you are left wondering, who am I? And so the problem is we don't know who we are. And we need something more stable than our present situation to build our lives on. And so who are we? That is the question our passage in Genesis answers for us here today. Last week we saw Josh opened up Genesis chapter 1 for us. And we saw that God is the creator of the whole world. And God made everything from nothing. He spoke and it came into being. And what God made was good. As God spoke, he made and he saw it was good. There's a constant pattern. I hope you've seen it throughout. But it's not until verse 20, our passage here today, until we meet any creatures. There's no animals and God hasn't made humans yet. And so in our passage today, we begin to see who we are compared to God and who we are compared to the rest of creation. And as we look at this passage, we're going to see, and if you've got any out, the outline with you, you'll see it there, we're going to see that we are created in God's image, that we are created to rule over God's creation. And thirdly and finally, it's not in your handout, but you can write it in there yourself, we are created to be like Jesus. So who are we? Genesis' first answer 
is we are created in God's image. We aren't just another creature, and we aren't God. Rather, we are a creature made in the image of God. Come with me to the first part of verse 26 in your Bibles there and see it for yourself. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Like the rest of creation, we are intentionally made by God. We aren't just some cosmic accident and we aren't another animal in the food chain. But unlike the rest of creation, we are made in the image of God. When God creates the rest of creation, he creates them according to its kind or according to their kind. Have a look at verse 21 with me. Verse 21. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged bird according to its kind. And if you keep reading in verse 24 and 25, you see this again repeated, I think, almost four times about the creatures that come on the earth. And compare this with verse 26, right after all of this, where God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Unlike the rest of creation, we are actually made such that we resemble God. And now don't be confused by the word man in verse 26 and 27. This isn't saying that only men share in God's image. Rather, the singular use of man is referring to humanity as a whole. Some translations say mankind here to make this clearer. And it's saying that every human is made in God's image. There's no ranking within humans. However, there is a profound unity and diversity amongst humans. Look carefully at verse 27 with me. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. Notice how that last phrase, it moves from he created him to he created them. Genesis is showing that all humans are created in the image of God, whether male or female, we are all equally in God's image. Men and women have unity in their value, but diversity in their gender. And next week we'll hear more about this diversity as we see that gender is more than just a necessity for biological reproduction. We actually see that gender affects our roles in creation as we move through Genesis chapter 2. But for now, just realize that God created men and women equally in his image, in his good creation. And so all of us resemble God. But unlike God, we aren't actually God. God has made this whole world, not us. And in fact, the Bible describes human beings as made from dust. Genesis shows both our unique dignity over the rest of creation and our dependence on God. And understanding that we are created in God's image means that humans aren't just another creature. You are more valuable than a whale, and your neighbor is more valuable than your dog. Understanding that we are created in God's image is the foundation for human rights, 
There's no other firm foundation. It removes all racism, sexism, classism. Regardless of someone's backgrounds, beliefs, or religion, every human is equally incredibly valuable. Regardless of someone's ability, from conception to death, human life is valuable because we are created in the image of God. And as Christians, we should seek to care for human life at every point. Early Christians were unusual in their care for every human being. In the first century Greco-Roman world, it was common for unwanted babies to be left abandoned in the wilderness. This practice was called exposure because these babies were left out, exposed to the elements, left to die. And most commonly, it was baby girls who were left out there because they were seen as a financial burden. It's horrific. But in this culture of exposure, Christians would go out and find abandoned babies and take them in and care for them. Regardless of the agenda, Christians saved these children. And why? Because they saw that every human was created in the image of God. And so that's our first point. We are created in the image of God. But what do image bearers do in this world? What were we created to do? And that's our second point. We are created to rule over God's creation. Like God, we rule over creation. But unlike God, we aren't sovereign rulers. We rule under God. Come with me to the second half of verse 26. After describing how we are created in God's image, God gives us our first job. Verse 26, halfway through. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. We are created to rule over the rest of creation. And again, there's similarities and differences between humanity and creation. Like creation, God blesses us both. Look at the blessing God gives the birds and the sea animals in verse 22. Verse 22. So God blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. But compare that blessing with humanity's blessing in verse 26. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Like creation, God has generously blessed us both. But unlike creation, unlike creation, humanity is told to subdue the earth. We are told again, just like in verse 26, to rule over every living creature. Humanity is given a special position over creation. And like God, we are made to rule. But this isn't the oppressive rule of a tyrant king. Consider how God has made this world so far. He has carefully ordered every part of creation. And he blesses creation so that it would grow. And so like God, we are to rule for the good of creation. But unlike God, our rule isn't completely sovereign. We rule under God. God gives us our commands and he tells us what to do in creation. And throughout this passage, God has been working 
creating the heavens and the earth. And as a worker, God creates humans to work. Like God, we work for the good of all creation. Unpaid or paid, highly paid or lowly paid, work is good because through it, we express our order over creation. We express our rule over creation. And our work brings order to creation as construction workers build roads, as garbage collectors keep the streets clean, and as we raise children, whatever part we may have in raising children. What work do you currently do? It doesn't have to be paid. It could be unpaid. There's so many things that we may do. Mel spoke about how she's in retirement and yet told us so many things that she's doing. God has given you this work to work for the good of all creation. And Genesis 1, I hope you see, paints a beautiful picture of the world and humanity. We are created in the image of God and we are created to rule over creation. And in verse 31, we see God's response to his world. Come with me to verse 31. Verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. But if we look around our world today, we see so much that is not good. We see spouses fighting. We see kids rebelling. We see sickness and death. There's both a profound connection and disconnection between the world of Genesis 1 and our world today. We are created in the image of God, but because of sin, we fail to properly reflect God's image. We are created to rule over God's creation, but because of sin, we fail to properly rule over God's creation. C.S. Lewis captures these biblical truths in his book, Prince Caspian, In it, Aslan speaks about the dignity humans have because we are made in the image of God, but also the shame we have because we are sinners. Aslan says this, You come of the Lord Adam and the Lady Eve, said Aslan, and that is both honor enough to erect the head of the poorest beggar and shame enough to bow the shoulders of the greatest emperor on earth. Aslan describes our immense honor because we are created in the image of God, but also our shame because we have become sinners. But God doesn't leave us in this shame. And that brings us to this last point, our last point. We are created to be like Jesus. We saw this from our passage in Hebrews, read earlier. And if you've got a Bible, flick there now. I'm going to give you a moment to do that. It's on page 1100. 1100, because we're going to work through uh, those verses there. It's very rich, and uh, you have to have your head thinking brain on. Uh, It's a very condensed passage, but it tells such a beautiful truth about humanity and about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6, on page 1100. Hebrews is actually quoting Psalm 8 as it describes the immense dignity humans have. And we read it, verse 6. But one has somewhere testified, 
What is man that you remember him? Or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet. For in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. Hebrews here is describing the glory of humanity from Genesis 1. All of creation is subject to humanity. However, Hebrews continues and says, As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected to him. That is that the glorious description of Genesis 1 is distorted today. And why is it distorted? We'll read on to Genesis chapter 3 or come in here come here in the following weeks as we go there and as we see sin enter this world. But for now, see that Hebrews can see that all of creation is not subject to humanity as it should be. So we do not see everything subjected to him. But Hebrews goes on, but we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering and death. Though we don't see creation subject to mankind, we do see Jesus. We see that all of creation is subject to Jesus, such that Jesus had perfect control over creation. When Jesus spoke, stormy seas were calmed. And when Jesus spoke, paralytics were healed. And Jesus spoke, a dead man, Lazarus, was raised from the dead. Jesus is the perfect human. Jesus is who we are meant to be. But we can't just make ourselves more like Jesus. Because we are slaves to sin. But Jesus hasn't left us in our slavery. Jesus is making us like him and will finish making us like him when he returns and restores and creates the new heavens and the new earth. Jesus has tasted death for everyone and died the death we deserve. And Hebrews continues describing in verse 10 about how he's bringing many sons to glory. That is us, those who put our trust in Jesus. Jesus promises to make us like him if we put our trust in him. And Romans says it like this. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. You'll see it there on the screen. Romans says it like this. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. From eternity, before Genesis 1, God had planned to make those who trust in him like Jesus. And this is so important because in our world, there's so much confusion about who we are. Who are we? Are we just like the animals? Are we male or female? Are we the rulers over this world? And as Christians, it would be easy to respond and say, we are created in God's image. We are created male or female. We are created to rule over God's creation, under God. And these are true things and great things to say. But if this is all we say, if we miss this final point, that we are created to be like Jesus, then we miss what Christianity is all about. If you are not a Christian here today, please hear this, that by ourselves, we will never properly reflect God's image. 
that by ourselves we'll never properly rule over God's creation and we'll be left in a broken world. So all of us need to come to Jesus to be changed so that he might make us more like him. We started our time here this evening asking the question, who are we? And as we heard our world's answer from Barbie, Ken is Ken, you are you, Josh is Josh. It seemed like a great answer at first, pure freedom. But at the end of Barbie, as the credits rolled, a chilling song was played by Billie Eilish. Billie is a pop culture musician, and throughout her eerie song, she repeats the question, what was I made for? We'll go back a little, we'll keep that, keep that up. Thank you, though. She repeats the question, what was I made for? What was I made for? What was I made for? And the song ends like this. Thanks, Matt. Think I forgot how to be happy. Something I'm not, but something I can be. Something I wait for. Something I'm made for. Billy's honesty is chilling. She doesn't know what she's made for, and she suggests at the end of the song that maybe she's made to be happy, but she struggles to be happy. And the irony is sad because Barbie has just told us all, you be you, and yet that answer doesn't work. It doesn't give us any meaning. It doesn't tell us what we are made for, and it doesn't tell us who we are. But the Bible does tell us who we are. It tells us we are made in God's image. And it tells us that we are created to rule over God's creation. And finally, and most importantly, it tells us that we are created to be like Jesus. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Thank you that you made us in your image. Thank you that you created us to rule over your creation. Who are we that you remember us? Who are we that you care for us? Without you, we are nothing. Without you, we are left in our sin, but you haven't left us. You remember us and care for us. And you have sent your son Jesus so that we might be like him. Help us to put our trust in Jesus, we pray. Amen.